We're going to go. Now we're ready. Double, triple check. We're back. Recording. We're back. I'm trying to get the young nephew back on a consistent publishing schedule. A consistent diet of seeking wisdom. Okay. What, what are we talking about today? Are we getting six-star reviews today? Is the notify thing broken in Slack? I think it might be. It has to be broken. Yeah. We'll check on that later. I haven't gotten an email from you in a while, like forwarding the pod. Six-star reviews, even though we've been launching Build. We've been launching uh, a new exceptions. exceptions. We have some Shout other new channels. Jay. People are big fans of Jay. Akunzo, yeah, yeah. Man. And uh, he's got a following. And Maggie, Maggie, Maggie's And we have some down. new stuff coming that yeah. we haven't launched yet. So we should launch that soon. Yeah. We have a backlog of that stuff. We got some stuff. New channels, but we don't have any six star reviews. So I'm going to hold yeah. the new channels that we're about to launch good hostage. Move. Hold them hostage until I see some six stars. Yeah, I, I think that's a good idea. Hold them hostage. Mm-hmm. People want the original. Mm-hmm. You know, like I think we excited about the new channels, mm-hmm. and then we got excited about the new channels. And then you had a sabbatical, which you know people want more DC. Unbelievable! You yeah. thought you thought they were going to say no, huh? Yeah, I was, I, they said I no. was like, I was, I was like, what? They miss DC. They're they like, want, really? They want the wise words, well, which not, is good. Uh, not everyone sits two inches from me all day long <laughs> and gets fifty thousand messages from me all day. I was thinking so you forget about that, that sometimes. The other day. I was thinking about. I've been two feet away from you for for a long time. <laughs> A long time. Every time we find a way, yeah. we move offices. I find a way. DC's directly next to me, in uh-huh. front of me, whatever. Uh, fun fact about DC: Knock on wood, never seen him be sick. Un- it's just unbelievable. Aaliyah said the same thing. He's never seen it. G two, listen to that. The immune Elias system has been watching me for eleven years. He said he's never been sick in eleven years, and he has two these kids. secret tablets on his on his desk. I have two kids. Yeah, I'm around kids. I'm going. I'm moving. I'm shaking. I don't know what it is. I've got gray hair. There's some secrets. Undefeatable, secrets, man. Undefeatable. Mm-hmm. You know why? Yeah. You know why G two? Why? Speaking of G two, because I will not allow yeah. myself to get sick. <laughs> I saw it once. It got him. I got it one time. <laughs> he one got time. Bit once. In eleven years. <laughs> I have a question before we talk about the real stuff. We mm-hmm. were talking about intermittent fasting mm-hmm. before. Mm-hmm. I'm on it right now. Yeah. Leah thinks it's crazy. Explain what intermittent fasting so is. So intermittent fasting is uh, eating within a time-constrained window. And so the common, uh, I think the most common one is 16 and 8. And mm-hmm. so you eat during an eight-hour window, which is for me is 12 p.m. to 8 p.m. And then you don't eat between the hours of 8 p.m. and 12 p.m. Yes. And it's supposed to be, you know, it's crazy. I, li- I watched a bunch of stuff on it. Like Joe Rogan had some interesting stuff on it. Yeah, lots he of it. He talked about like, and it was for me, it was seeing people who are very well in shape and in very good shape yeah. doing this. Mm-hmm. And it made me think like, you know, we're in this constant state of like, you just feed, constantly feeding your body and you don't need to do that. Mm-hmm. And I also, the main reason why I want to do it. So number one is I've been having a, because I, I, I get up really early. And so I've been having a hard time. I eat, I eat a lot of shit late at night. Yeah. And that hurts me because then I got to get up in like five, six hours after that. Yeah. And then that's not good. Uh, but also I've been so busy that I just haven't had time. And I want to try to find a way like how can I still be healthy and maintain being busy? And I'm typically busy between the time I get up. I get up, I go to the gym, I come home, I hang out with Annie, I come to work. And like by then all of a sudden it's lunchtime. And so I wanted to see is there something that can fit this schedule anyway? And then I saw, oh, this might actually be perfect. Intermittent fasting is that way I can eat from 12 to 8. 
So, yeah, so I've done it a, lo- yeah. a lot in the past. Yes, I have. did it for a couple of years before, and I'm yeah. back on it right now. I've been doing it for three weeks. Yeah. But I want to explain. I remember because I remember you intermittent fasting when we were in our old office. There was a a place we would always go to for for Greek salad and grilled chicken. Desfinas, shout out to Desfinas, and uh, you would always be on the verge of passing out on the way to get Desfinas <laughs> because I would I always fast yeah. in the yes. morning. But I want to tell you a difference here between okay. DG and I. So he's doing the intermittent fasting, and I want to explain one difference here. DG. And this is the explanation between a fat person, myself, and a thin person, naturally DG. <laughs> okay. So DG struggles Go. to put on weight. Correct. Right? And he is one of those people, and he just mentioned it in what he was talking about there. He's one of those people that forgets to eat. Correct. Air quotes. Correct. I will let you know that I've never forgotten to eat <laughs> in my entire life. Not one time. I have not once in my entire life. I don't even understand the concept when I hear people like DG say like, you know, I was so busy that I forgot to All eat. All of a sudden it's two o'clock. I'm like, oh shit. That's never happened to me one time. I feel weird. My whole day I'm thinking about <laughs> when will I eat? And that is probably why I'm a fat person. Okay. All right. So, so you're on the train. You've been doing it for three weeks. Three weeks. Yeah. I'm back on it, but I'm from the opposite end of just yeah. like how to I constrain yeah. my calories, constrain not because it. I'm yeah. not thinking about food. Yes. I think it's both. There's a lot of benefits. So mm-hmm. I'm, uh, we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. Can't have but today, many, uh, DG and I both had two lunches. We so had two lunches. We doubled down. Defeat. We had two lunches. Two I went salads. To ta- they call it tate. I can't say it. I call it tatty. Uh, this is not an ad. Anyway, I'm going to put you on the spot today, my friend, because uh, this is something we've probably talked about early days of Seeking Wisdom, but you talked about this at our company meeting yesterday, and it's about managing your career at a high-growth company. Mm. And so I actually brought you, uh, thanks to G2, he hooked us up with a whiteboard. Ooh. I actually want you to draw, and this is why we're doing this on YouTube. Yeah. I want to turn this over to you and I want you to explain, because here's the deal. We talk a lot about, I want to talk about career stuff. We haven't gone there in a while. We're talking about a, a, you know, a new phase for us at Drift and we're, we're talking about managing your career at a company that is growing very fast. And I'm gonna, I want you to talk about the different phases that people go through. Sure. So I'm drawing right here. So yeah. uh, this, this is, is also kind of- a hack to make you watch us on video. <laughs> and subscribe and yes. then hit the little bell button on YouTube so you get notified. Bing. But back in the day, in the early days, pre-Seeking Wisdom, if you can imagine it, such a day, DG and I used to have these meetings where he was the only marketer on the team. Correct. He had just come on. And I was kind of explaining to him like, you know, how he could set himself up to grow, right, as the company was growing. And I said to DG that what happens most of the time is that a company, and I'm drawing this out, a company usually, if it's growing quickly, will grow faster than the individual. And so I'm going to draw that out now. And so what usually happens is, and this is, we're talking about companies experiencing hyper growth. So here I'm drawing the top line here is the company and the bottom line here is the person with my little stick figure right here. And what I'm drawing here is that over time, if a company is undergoing hypergrowth and a person is not able to keep up ahead of that growth, which is a daunting thing, which Correct. is a normal thing to also, happen. Also, not a negative thing. Not a negative thing. It's no. normal. This is, this is normal. Then a gap will form between the, the two growth paths and the company will have to start to bring in more people who have that experience who can fill that gap. Right. They may be more experienced. They might have different experience. They may, you know, have more years doing the same thing. It all depends on the the problem. But this is usually what happens in a hyper growth company. But if you're in a slow growing company, which is also normal, right? The company could grow. I'm going to use the letter C for company slower than the individual. Again, I'm going to have my beautiful stick figure here. 
So in this case, the individual is growing faster than the company. And in those cases, what happens is that's a growth-oriented individual who happens to be growing faster than the company that they're in. They will typically leave that company and go somewhere else yeah. for opportunity because and they're growth, they're growing faster. You, you see this a lot of people leaving, you know, thousand-person public companies and yeah. joining, you know, companies like you know early-stage startups, right? Like that's thrift. why that's yeah. what they want. Because not because there's anything wrong with those companies, not because they didn't have a great career there, but yeah. because the growth opportunities were going away yeah. and they were growing faster than the company. Well, and usually in a company like that, you know, okay, hey, you do this for six months and you get a, a raise and a promotion. You do it six months again. And now you're, you know, manager, senior manager, you know, whatever, all the way up. Yes. And so, and then the last thing, which is super rare for this thing to happen, almost never happens. So don't get down on yourself if this isn't happening to you because this almost never happens. And that is what I've drawn here, which is the company is experiencing hyper growth and the individual is experiencing hyper growth and they are actually growing slightly ahead of the company in their own personal growth, right? And what that means is uh, they're able to continue to jump into bigger and bigger opportunities because they are ahead of the needs of the company. Now, this almost never happens, right? And this is, I was telling a story today. We did some onboarding with some uh, new drifters. And I was saying, I explained this to them. And I said, this is why uh, we hear so many stories of, you know, founder CEOs like Jeff Bezos or Zuckerberg or, you know, Bill Gates or whoever you want to choose or Steve Jobs or any of these people that we kind of hold up there or... or um, Sarah Blakely, who runs Spanx. Yes. Who I love. I love her Instagram, by the way. You should, you should yeah. subscribe. And yeah. to her husband, Jesse. And Jesse. Uh, Itzler. But anyway, why they are worth talking about is not just because they they found that a great company and great whatever. Point. It's because what they've done is so unusual to go from some person like Sarah Blakely, who started this Spanx billion-dollar company, multi-billion-dollar company out of the back of her car with, I believe, $5,000 savings, right? No savings no investment and built this multi-billion dollar brand and is still running that multi-billion dollar brand years later because that never happens. I'm not talking about the company going, a company being created that's worth billions. That rarely never happens. But a company that goes from nothing to billions and the same person can run it when it was just one person in an idea. And now that it's a huge international uh, company. And what's crazy is like, if you unpack those people, Bezos, Mm -hmm. uh, Sarah Blakely, Zuckerberg, yep. right? It's easy to say, yeah, they just, they're really freaking smart and they learn faster than everybody else. But I think it's, if you look at the teams around them, yep. they early on, right? Mm -hmm. Like look at the team Zuckerberg built around him. You, you shared that graphic with us where there's something about like the senior management team at Facebook all has an average, the, the tenure is like Ridiculous. a decade, yeah. right? And mm -hmm. so obviously he found a, the right team mm -hmm. early on. And it has continued to scale and offer growth opportunities so that those hyper growth individuals yes. can continue to grow. That's this graph that we have right here. This is highly unusual. Uh, and what usually happens, which hasn't happened on Facebook yet, which is a great example, is that even if this happens for a year, two years, five years, 10 years, at some point, either the company or the individual starts to flatten out. Yes, totally normal, right? Like this is like infinite growth. Well, because the I'm company, trying. then there's 5,000, 10,000 yeah. employees. Yeah. You know? We're drawing here like an infinitely growing uh, company and individual. So what happens is it flattens down. And again, you get back to the one of the first two graphs, which there's a mismatch. Either you grew faster than the company or the company grew faster than you. In both cases, uh, there will be some kind of change that happens. Yes. This is an important concept that um, I wish someone 
some old uncle with gray hair in his beard would have told me a long time See? ago. It saved me a lot of pain in my career. But no one had told me this. Like, because usually when you're going through this and you don't have enough context in history, you think like, oh, they're just bringing in people because they're, you know, they're older or they're more senior or like, you know, they're not giving people a chance or whatever the company. And that may be true in some companies. But usually if you take kind of a, if you take ownership of this extreme ownership, as our friend Jocko, who will be joining us September 4th in Hypergrowth in Boston. He will. Please get your tickets. Uh, would say if you take way, extreme ownership. We're doing a meet and greet. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, I like that. So you can meet Jocko. You can meet you. Did you hear that? Yeah. So it, someone like him would say, like, take extreme ownership of this. And when you start, when I started doing that and started to analyze what I had been seeing in my own career and people around me, it was one of these three scenarios yes. where it was both the company and the individual and then were they in sync from a growth standpoint or were they out of sync from growth? I also think of something you talked about a lot on this podcast with this, which is the mindset mm -hmm. of abundance yes. and versus scarcity, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Yes, because a lot of people, so if you look, go back to this chart here, a lot of people and the growth oriented one, but if you, a lot of people will see when there's a mismatch, right? As things being over. So in the case where the, individual where the company is growing faster here than the individual and say they don't get the next promotion and some they bring someone in from the outside yeah a lot of people will look at that in a fatalist way and right. say like oh that's it I, they're I'm never going to get promoted here i'm done, I'm done. Yeah. i got to go somewhere else yeah. uh this is no going out i got to get out of here right uh instead what you need to do is think in abundance and say wow wait this company is growing faster than i am is there an opportunity for myself to set myself up for the next promotion, the next growth rate. So I missed this first step. Can I do anything to achieve a step function in personal growth so that I end up being ahead of the company when it takes its next step I love function? that. That might be the most valuable lesson from this yeah. podcast, right? Which is the mindset of like, can I learn from this person? Is that going to take me yeah. to the next level? That's right. And can, yeah. I, can I take advantage of that person that sure. may have come in to take that next step function? Sure. That brings you slightly ahead of the company growth. So you're ready for the next thing, right? I love it. You got to have an abundance mindset. You have to be an optimist. I'm an optimist, although you can't tell on most days, right? But uh, I am super optimistic. Yeah. And uh, I was telling- You are an optimist. I am an optimist, yeah. but I'm always giving feedback as G2 knows. So it's hard. It's <laughs> hard, it's hard to book. feel optimistic. We can share the book title. The, the book title, uh, this is Gonzalo came up with this idea. The uh, biography that we're going to write about you yeah. uh, is going to be called Anticipating Feedback. Yes. <laughs> I like that title. So anyway, I got in some wild tirade daily as I do daily with Elias on something. And uh, he was telling me that I was pessimistic. Uh, he's like, you're a pessimist. Da, 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 then we're going back and forth. Then finally, I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm yeah. an optimist. And he's like, oh, yeah, you are. You're yes. a crazy optimist. But here's why he said. He said, because if you weren't a wild optimist, a super optimist, you probably would have jumped off the building by now. <laughs> that was, in Elias speak, that was some sort of compliment. I, uh, I think I'm hoping that it got lost in my translation. Take, my take on your optimism is the reason I know you're an optimist is because the goals you set are like, they never feel like achievable Did goals. Did you see who's stuttering? I, yeah. It's true. That's my take on DC's optimism. And I believe and we can do them. More often than that, most, he's usually right, which is the true thing about goals. And that if you go back and you read Seven Lessons on Wealth and Happiness from Jim Rohn, Ooh, okay. he had the Going idea deep. 
that goals are like magnets and they pull you towards where you need to go. 100%. A goal does not mean, well, how do I, I don't know how to get there. No, it's the fact that you set the goal yeah. that is going to pull you there because you have mm-hmm. to then think about the goal. You don't need yeah. to plan. Yeah. It's the, it, the reason, and that's what I realized. I wish I, I'm glad I, it took me a while to learn it, but now I know it. And the reason that you set big ass goals for us as individuals and the company is because if you set anything else, mm-hmm. you're going to get, you get, yeah. you always say this, you say you get what you play, like you get what you play to. Exactly. And I'm not an elaborate uh, no. planner like, uh, like yeah. uh, DG is and lots of other people around me, which is good. That's why I need compliments. Sure. But I've always used that technique of setting, like Jim Rohn says, setting these big goals. Yeah. And since I'm not an elaborate planner, I don't even know how I'm going to get them to them. And I don't even know on a day-to-day basis how I'm going to get to them. But because I've set them, I've set that intention, like I'm going to get there, this magnet for me, I end up doing the things that, need to, that I need to do each day to get me to that goal almost subconsciously. Yes. Now, I'm not advocating that for everyone. Like a lot of most people need a more stepped out kind of plan and yep. thinking on that stuff. But for me, that is what, why it's worked for me and why I continue to set big goals because that's the only way you're going to achieve them. I love that. So yeah, I think that is why, that's why you're an optimist. Okay, so you know what I, I thought of while you were saying this? I think we should give people, this is a great lesson. I'm, we got to do more of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is Whiteboard. like, this is the core seeking wisdom to me. Yeah. This is what this is about. Whiteboard. Uh, thanks G2 for the uh, notebook. I tried to take credit for this, but I, I can't. This is kind of like a wine pairing. I think mm-hmm. there's a book to pair with this episode. Mm. Well, on this one? Yes. Well, there's, there's several. I have there's one Managing want, Oneself. That was the one I was going to say. Come on. That's an OG book there. Uh, G2, have you read Managing Oneself? I got to get a copy for him. That's a problem. Yeah. 40 pages. It's 40 pages long. Okay. I know you're into video. I know you're, you're a visual, visual thinker. Okay. He, write, he reads. Uh, it's only 40 pages long. I'm going to get it right now. You should reread it. Uh, we probably have copies in the office, but you should reread that book every... Four to five years, you read this book. It is a fundamental book, right? I read it all the time. It's like a little pamphlet. You could read it in uh, 30 minutes. Okay, G2? G2 is looking at me. And uh, if you don't know who I'm talking about, G2, G2 is the master, the wizard, the man who makes the video happen. Hopefully, he makes me look younger on these uh, here cameras. (laughs) And uh, I've been asking him for a little while about a Slimify filter, but he has not come through. So if you happen to be listening and you know about a Slimify filter that please. we could use for this, please, please hook the uncle up. So that's the book, uh, Managing Oneself. That's all I got. How much, does, how much does it cost? It costs $9.40. Pretty good. pages. Timeless book you can read. Yes. So that's, that's by the homeboy, Peter Drucker. Yes. Get that book immediately. It's also, I've seen it. It's in a lot of airports now. Uh, really? Yeah, because like uh, Harvard Business Publishing Maybe they or whatever it. has this like spinny kind of kiosk wow. thing. And it's there with a lot of the other... Because right, uh, that used to be, uh, yeah, you know, uh, you had to, used to dig in the crates started, to get that book. Until, you until you I popularized it, it, until I told the people about that and uh, got them on there. Yeah. Harvard Business Review, please send me a gift. What are you talking about? You're an entrepreneur in residence. Don't you have some connection there? Are they not related? Yeah, they don't They don't give me any books for being HBR okay. re- uh, entrepreneur in residence. I have a confession. What? I hadn't read Total Recall. What are you talking about? If you go back to the early days of Seeking Wisdom, so go dig in the crates. One of the first few book reviews that I ever talked about was the foundation, the fundamental, the Bible, which is Total Recall. Okay? Total Recall, if you don't know, is both the name of a movie, but more importantly, much more importantly, the name of a fantastic book by Arnold Schwarzenegger himself. Okay? And this book... I can't see. 
This is why you have limiting beliefs because he hasn't read this book. This book, Total Recall, buy this book immediately. Tell him I sent you. It's also $9.52. Yep. And this is a fantastic, if you're not into reading, this is one of the few fantastic audio books. Uh, So you read this or listen to this book. Does he do it? Yeah, this is a man. He does the audiobook? Yeah, this is a man who has manifested. Actually, I don't remember. I think he does. I've, it's been so many years. But uh, this is a man who's manifested his own destiny. Not once, not twice, not three times, not four times, not five times, over and over and over again. This is a man who, uh, as a, not to get off on Arnold Schwarzenegger ahead, here, but this is a man who, uh, when he was in Vienna, Austria, as a little boy, at some point decided that he was going to be Mr. Olympia. Yep. Right? Trained himself every day. Became not one time Mr. Olympia, but the greatest Mr. Olympia ever, right? Moved to the United States, could not speak English, figured out, decided while he was training before he was Mr. Olympia, before anyone knew him, decided that he wanted to learn, he wanted to be a real estate owner, right, in the United States. And he is one of the largest. And what he did was he went out and seeked out. He always seeked out mentors. This is why this is a fundamental book to Seeking Wisdom. So he found a mentor to teach him how to buy real estate, how to sell real estate. And he is still one of the largest real estate owners in Santa Monica, uh, L.A., Mm. Uh, this uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. So he learned that. Then uh, that and a lot of his wealth came from that, continues to come from that. Then he decided at some point that he was going to be an actor. And everybody, and he went and he auditioned, he told people about it, and they laughed in his face and they say, no one can understand you with that accent. You're never going to be an actor. And they said, you need to change your name. No one can spell that Schwarzenegger name and you'll never be an actor. What did he do? Once again, he found the best mentors out there, went, dedicated, spent years. And he didn't do what most people do today, which is like, oh, uh, that sounds cool. DC, can you send me a link? You can't even get a link? No. Like if you can't even go get the link, like you're in trouble, right? So I'll figure it this out. This guy figured it out pre-internet, found a mentor, and again became, as we know, a blockbuster hit guy. Yes. And even when he was Mr. Olympia, right, one of his things that he tells in the story went before he became Mr. Olympia was that the dig on him was that he had no calves, right? He had very small calves. And so what did he do? He found a mentor, Reg Park, uh, who had tremendous calves down in South Africa. Yeah, he was Can the you imagine original, that? He was, a, he was a Mr. Universe at the time. Can you imagine that? He found this guy. This guy's in California, Schwarzenegger. He finds him in South Africa, flies to South Africa, gets this guy to teach him how to build his calves, built up his calves, win Mr. Olympia. Then he also decides, I could go on forever on Schwarzenegger. Then he decides at some point that he wants to go into politics. Obviously, we know. Yes. Into politics. He decides that he had a dream since he was a little boy because he saw John F. Kennedy that he wanted to marry a Kennedy. He married a Kennedy, Maria Shriver. He did. Everything this guy has thought about, he's manifested. And he's gone out and not only stumbled upon it, but done the hard work, put in the reps in the sets, as he said, to make it happen. Uh, and he had no leg up on any of that stuff. That, so, that is a... Okay, that's a heartfelt okay, testimony. That might be the hardest glow. That might be the, the heaviest review I've seen DC give. So I'm telling you, I didn't read it for a while because I can't believe that. You know why? Because when I look at it, it's it's long. 656 pages. I had not read a book in my life that is that long combined. But I can't put it down. It's phenomenal. You're reading it now? Yes. Okay. Yes. See? Yes. It's about time. Yes. I'm reading it right now. See, even when they sit uh inches from me, it takes this long to get through that. That thickness of I the skull. I have 7,000 books on my, at home now. And I like, the problem is I want to read them all and I look at them all and they're all phenomenal and I'm all 
equally excited about them. Mm-hmm. And uh, these are li- limiting beliefs. Limiting beliefs. Yeah. You can't get to them. He's busy. You can't get to them. We could talk G2, about that. G2, I hope you don't have limiting beliefs. I'm All right. Gonna, I'm gonna I want you to leave to six star reviews. Yes. I've given you too much heat today. I've given you total recall, managing oneself. I drew on a whiteboard. Here. What? I got G2 here filming on multiple cameras. We got the young nephew here. And I need some six-star reviews or I will hold those new shows hostage. What other podcast talks about dieting, learning, growing, careers? Arnold Schwarzenegger? None. Zero. Just this one. All right, G2, take us out of here. Also, shout out to you, Christopher Lockheed. Appreciate you. Oh, yeah. Christopher Lockheed, if you've not read his book, we've talked about it before, Play, Play Bigger. He also has a new book, Niche Down. So I've now mentioned and given you recommendations on a long list of books here. All curated by myself six star reviews i hope to see you at hypergrowth september 4th in boston september 24th in san francisco come hang with us if you're lucky and if you're good i will introduce you to g2 the man the myth the legend the venezuelan killer (laughs) see ya